When you visit Sinacera Capital's website, you're greeted with the tagline, Investing with Clarity, Confidence, and Purpose. But this is not just a catchy slogan. It is the foundation on top of which Kevin Kalacki has built the firm. Having spent the last decade of his career working with ultra-high net worth families, Kevin realized that each client needed a trusted, collaborative partner who will bring clarity, instill confidence, and help align their wealth with well-defined goals. On today's episode of Uncorrelated Minds, Kevin brings back Chief Investment Officer Adam Packer to discuss how they apply this framework to the due diligence and management of alternative investments. Adam, thank you for joining me today, uh, as you do every day here at Cenocera Capital. I appreciate that. I, I wanted to first and foremost say a congratulations to Adam for all of our listeners. Uh, Adam is our newly minted chief investment officer at Cenocera Capital as of yesterday. So, uh, Adam, well-deserved, um, finding yourself more and more sought after for panels and engagements and speaking. And uh, hopefully, the, uh, the the more that comes about, the more we'll be able to get our story out and talk about how we, we take our fiduciary approach. It's been a while since I've been on a podcast, so glad to be back. So today, uh, as highlighted in the intro, we are going to talk about the alternative investment management process that we have in place here. You know, uh, the framework for this, of which I developed before founding the firm, but really, Adam, you and I have spent a considerable amount of time sharpening this framework, probably a good way, just refining different ways that we approach the process of due diligence, the process of, you know, research, the process of garnering new investment opportunities, and then deciding on which ones should be passed along into our family network. And as was highlighted in the beginning, our, not just a tagline, not just the slogan, but investing with clarity, confidence, and purpose. I think what most people don't realize is that's not just a slogan. It's actually our process. So it's the process through which we take our families to get them comfortable with where they are now, where they're headed, and then what they actually want to do next. So I, I would say if we were looking at that in terms of a general framework, you know, clarity is where am I now? You know, what do I own? What am I doing? Who's involved in this process? Uh, who are the owners of the assets? The second one is confidence. And that is, you know, that's more of a, how am I doing now? It's so once you have the bigger picture and you understand the clarity, then you can really look at, well, how am I doing? How have the decisions that I've made in the past played out in terms of return, how they played out in terms of estate planning and some other things as well. And then really the purpose is what do I do next? So what, what asset am I going to place capital into moving forward and why uh, is the purpose piece of that. And so really talking about that process as a whole, you know, you and I have, I've always talked about this before, but there's three types of clients. So it's the do it for me type person. That's I, I don't do this stuff. Kevin, Adam, Connie, take this stuff to handle it for me and tell me how I'm doing. The second one is do it with me. And that's probably, I would say that's the majority of our, our families are do it with me type families. They are confident investors, successful business people who have had exits and made good investments and made bad investments, but they really understand the process and, and are looking for an additional layer of people to help them oversee their wealth. And then the third is the, uh, I'll do it 
I'll do it myself. And that third person is I'll do it myself, but not really. I really want you to still report on this stuff because I still need to have clarity and I still need confidence, confidence, and I still need to invest with a purpose, but I'm going to do that on my decision-making, but I need you to help me show me how things are right now. So I need you to help me determine what the big picture looks like so I can do it myself. So hopefully good description there. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And w- with respect to the, the last group, the DIYers or the do-it-yourselfers, we work with some pretty exceptional investors and entrepreneurs. And these are the types of examples uh, that we call the do-it-yourselfers. These clients are either have already a well-established portfolio of alternative investments, or they have their own team that uh, help them source and review investment deals. And so for us, the number one reason why, why these clients choose to, to hire us is reporting. Kevin, I think one uh, on your prior podcast where you spoke with Dan Gloss-Kalasafker, uh, who is the head of analytics at Adapar, you, you talked about how the partnership with Adapar has really helped answer the question, what are other ultra high net worth families doing with their investments? As you mentioned on that podcast, we get asked that question a lot, but I think the one of the other reasons uh, why we've built our reporting system utilizing Adapar's platform is because it also answers another crucial question, a question that I think a lot of families with complex investments, with alternative investments, they often struggle to answer this question, and that's, how are they doing? When when you're dealing with do-it-yourself investors, they typically have investments across a variety of record-keeping platforms or fund administrator platforms, and they also may have a few advisors that are running multiple strategies. Add in the fact that these investments are highly illiquid, it's not surprising that a lot of them may not have a firm grasp on how their alternative investments are doing performance-wise or even how they're allocated from a whole picture, a, a top-down view that captures assets across the entire family. So wh- while these DIY investors may have the confidence and, and a well-defined purpose before they start working with us in, in, in their investment strategy, they may lack the clarity. And, and that's what we really uh, seek to provide with with our reporting and with the Adapar system. Yeah, I know, I know that a, a number of the, the families that have a, approached us and, and hired us, as you said before, they have well-developed teams. You know, their single family office have well-developed teams of investors. And I, I think the feedback from one of the families was, hey, we're, we are investors, we're not allocators and, and we're not, you know, aggregators. And, and we really need your help and your professionalism there. And, uh, and in addition to that, they, you know, the... And, People who are professional investors or at heart are just investors themselves. They're always seeking deal flow and they're always out looking for deal flow. And uh, given the, just the, the fact that the firm continues to grow, we continue to add new families with different areas of expertise. You know, what we're seeing in deal flow is getting even bigger and bigger each year. And hard to believe seeing that we reviewed over 100 private deals last year that we're, we're seeing even more and more now. Uh, better and more diverse opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. I think these are you know, what I, I like to refer to as the bottom-up investors. They're very good at, at picking the deals and, and, and doing their due diligence, and they're hiring us to do the top-down work, as you, said, as you mentioned, the capital allocation from, from that holistic picture. Um, but you, you also mentioned the, the other type of clients that we work with, the ones where we advise on or have full discretion over their alts, and this is where we're not only working 
when we don't only work on building clarity, but also work on developing confidence and purpose. But before we dive into building, you know, confidence and, and, and defining purpose, Kevin, I think for these type of clients, clarity involves more than just at a par and reporting. For sure. I, I think the, the overall structure, when we look at at a par is really focused on the investments. But when you make a decision or you have made a decision with an investment, with an investment or, or you know, any type of portfolio structure, where that asset resides within the estate structure is almost as important, sometimes even more important, depending on what the purpose for the asset is, in achieving the long-term goal of the family. And so part of the overall clarity picture is not just, hey, how does this fit? Do I need more in you know, alternative assets? Do I need more in public market equities? It is okay, I'm going to make an investment in a venture capital fund. And I know I'm not really going to see the return from that for a longer period of time. So is that asset from a clarity standpoint, is that asset best sitting in my basic revocable trust where I, I, I could realize that any time? Or is it something I would want to put into a generation skipping trust or even a trust for the children further on down the road? And I think finding that that bigger clarity piece helps them understand where they're going to allocate, not just from an investment standpoint, but from a planning standpoint as well. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think where that investment resides is, is crucial when, you, when you're working you know, as a wealth manager. It's not just finding the good deals. It's understanding where, where it's being held and, and for what, you know, what, what's that objective, what's the client's um, goal with, with that money? You know, what are they seeking to achieve um, through that investment vehicle? Um, so that, that, that's definitely very important from, from that clarity perspective to, to have that conversation and develop that, that long-term plan. Yeah. And, and when you have that clarity, Adam, that's really where the second piece comes in on the confidence side is because you know, we look at confidence and the confidence for the, the families, you know, most of these families are very well aware that they are not going to run out of assets. But what they want to do from the confidence is just have more education around the outcome of their decision. And so you know, I, I really look at the confidence as you know, how, that answers to how am I doing? So once we get the clarity and we, we have all the investments in and we have the structure from the estate planning standpoint correct, you can really see how they've done. And we can really look forward toward what course corrections would we like to make with the family? And more importantly, what course corrections would the family like to make? So they may find themselves heavy in an asset into you know, one generation of the family. They really need to be directing those assets to a different generation of the family. And so bringing that education to the table, not just on you know, the, you know, what is this venture fund? Who's involved in this? Who's in this private equity group? Uh, we want to look at a direct investment in a business. Those are very important to the overall picture as well. But the confidence is, okay, I know I need to go place additional capital with the cash that I have on hand. So how do I go about, you know, how do we, Adam, let's just talk about for a minute, how do we go about, you know, educating our families? Um, and I would say the education is really just taking, once we have clarity in place, it takes the complex the complexity of the family and distills it down into something very simple. 
Yeah, I think confidence is, is all about that education and, and sharing information. When you're dealing specifically with alternative investments, you know, there's a lot of esoteric one-off characteristics for, for each of these type of deals. And for us, we wanted to help provide clients with all the necessary due diligence and, and share that information in a format that would give them confidence either in their ability to make the right investment decisions or if if we had the discretionary authority to manage those assets, give them the confidence in our ability to make those decisions on their behalf. So one of the first steps that we took in, in building that level of confidence was, was to develop a framework with which to evaluate investment opportunities. For us, that framework had to be all-encompassing so we could apply it objectively across all types of investments, whether it's venture capital, real estate, private equity, private debt, whatever it may be. Um, so the first step we took was we wrote a due diligence policies and practices manual. And, and we use that um, to establish a detailed process through which all of our deals are reviewed. As you mentioned, we reviewed over 100 deals last year, and we're well on track to surpass that this year in, in 2021. And on top of that, Kevin, you, you had also designed a rating system that helps us provide an actionable recommendation. That's really key is, is creating an actionable item you know, when we're reviewing a deal and presenting it to clients. So with, with that rating system, we not only rank the deals, showing clients investments that we, we think are good opportunities, but we also track why we think that deal is a good one or why we think that investment's a bad opportunity. This is important because we're not, only, uh, we're not always going to get every investment recommendation right. Um, quite honestly, as you mentioned, no one's going to bat 100. And keeping tabs on the deals you've recommended as well as the deals that you've passed on, uh, that ends up helping us improve upon our due diligence process. So this framework really helps structure our internal review process. But in terms of what our, our clients see, um, we also publish due diligence reports and, and hold investment calls for our clients on, on any investment that we're going to recommend. And while we aim to, to make those reports as compre comprehensive as possible, we also made them far more accessible than you know, honestly, what's hundreds of pages of legal documents and other offering documents that are typically a company, you know, a private market deal. Um, and we review all that on, on our client's behalf. But these reports that we, we show our clients, they're still far more robust and, and balanced than a, than a marketing pitch deck that's really designed only to sell the upside of a deal. As our website says, uh, Scenic Sarah Capital was created to provide purpose-driven solutions and, and, and not sales pitches. Uh, so, Kevin, I, I think that's a good segue to, to dive into that final piece of the puzzle, which is purpose. You know, I, I, I think it's important to note that a good investment, one we think is a, a good deal based off of our due diligence, isn't necessarily a good investment for every client. With, really, with any investment, it's, it's important to identify investments that help answer the question, does this help achieve a client's goal? Yeah. And I would say over, over the years and working with families, it just developed itself. Uh, I would say it was uh, maybe it's, we'll call it axiom confirmation as we start to work. So, you know, the old axiom is, you know, what is the purpose of any investment? And the axiom that I came up with was that the purpose of any investment, regardless of any financial investment, is at some point in time, you're going to turn it into an income stream. The income stream could be for you, it could be for your family, it could be for a future generation, it could be for a nonprofit, it could be for a stranger. Um, but at some point in time, and the one we, we prefer not to turn it into is the income stream for the IRS. Well, we, we're always trying to avoid that one. Um, you can't, but uh, we're trying to limit it as much as possible. And so really the, the purpose of that investment is that 
we know that at, at some point in time in the future or now that we're going to need to turn the investment or cash flow from that investment into a good or service to service the family. And you know, it, was, it was one of those things I've preached for years. And then I think recently Ray Dalio said that in, in one of his, his large papers that he wrote. And I think I highlighted and started it about four times and saying, hey, someone else recognizes this fact as well. And it's, it's someone important. Uh, so really, the, as you said, Adam, you know, we come across a lot of really good investments that just don't fit a purpose for our client at that point in time. A lot of really wonderful venture capital funds, especially being here in Austin, Texas, we see a lot of people have had a large degree of success, but we just don't have a place in the portfolio for that for that investment or for that fund. And so, as you said before, you know, we have to ask ourselves, you know, does this investment help our clients achieve the goal? Does it help them develop an income stream at a certain point in time with a high degree of confidence? Uh, in the portfolio. And, and so really that's where purpose comes from. Again, we said this on future or previous podcasts that purpose is not a, you know, a purpose from an ESG standpoint, you know, it's not a, uh, a save the whales uh, or keep plastics out of the ocean, which I'm a big fan of keeping plastics out of the ocean, but um, it's the purpose related to the family. When are we going to turn that into income? Well, I think the for the, the nature of this particular podcast, we, we wanted to keep it short. Uh, many questions that we've had lately from families that, that we've been talking with have revolved around this process. They've asked us, how do you go about looking at this process? And, and um, you know, the manual, it sounds, it sounds almost a little too um, eggheadish when I say, when you said we created a manual, you know, for that. Yeah, no offense to that, but it really is. I mean, we really got uh, sharpened the pencils and, and Adam, I know you spent a lot of time diving deep to ensure that we really documented what our process is. Uh, and again, before Adam joined me, he spent time as head of due diligence for a venture crowdfunding platform. And it was really important, Adam, that when you came on board, knowing that you were going to eventually be in charge of the entire investment practice, that it's not just about finding the good deals. It's actually far more important to avoid the bad deals. And when you're sitting on a venture platform, you see a lot of bad deals. Yeah. I'd say that experience was, was extremely helpful in, in developing our framework with which to do due diligence, not just for venture capital, but for all types of alternative investments. And um, certainly... Uh, from that experience, you deal with a, a lot of companies that might be a little rough around the edges. Um, so, you know, red flags is always that, that as you mentioned, un- how do we uncover the red flags? And, and not only that is how do we develop a framework with which to address the founders or the investment managers, the portfolio managers? You know, not everyone is is perfect. And there's always going to be a misstep, especially if they have a long track record. And so our job is really one to uncover those issues and then to have a conversation, have a frank dialogue with these people and see how they address it. You know, are they accepting responsibility? Do they own up to their past mistakes or are they defensive? And I think it's more important how they, how these people address those situations because our due diligence, and we say this all the time is 90% people, you know, we, we, we are evaluating deals you know, holistically, but 
the returns are going to be driven by the people behind it. You know, what's their experience? What's their track record? What's their vision? And, and that's, you know, fundamental to any due diligence process. Yeah, I would say someone asked me that question the other day. So when, when you're looking at these private deals, what do you guys invest in? And my answer to him was simple, is we invest in good people. And, you know, especially in the early seed stage companies that we recommend, which is not a whole lot, but the ones we do, it's because we are very bullish on the founders and the operators of the business. And we're very bullish on the founders and operators of the fund. However, you want to look at that if it's a direct business or if it's a fund-related business. And, you know, as you said, we have uncovered things in the past and, you know, we've heard some really wonderful answers uh, to people saying, yep, didn't see that one coming and, uh, you know, really owned up to what they did. But I think the really good entrepreneurs, and I talked a little bit this about this with Hall Martin on the podcast when he joined us, is... Um, you know, just seeing if those people are able to learn from those mistakes. What, what did they do? Did they, did they pivot or did it just bury them? You know, and usually the good news is if we're seeing them a second time, it didn't bury them. You know, if we're seeing them again, they learned from it, improved upon a process, improved upon a product and move forward. And we really do enjoy seeing that. Yeah. And the good news is we actually do see quite a, quite a fair amount of those type of entrepreneurs and investors that are experienced and presenting us with truly great opportunities. Well, Adam, I'm going to put you on the spot just for one quick second. If, if there's one piece of knowledge that you think a family should know about the investment, if there's one piece of knowledge that the family should know about our investment process, the process we've created and how we interact with our families, what would that be? I think the, the key and, and what was the, the number one factor when I was putting together this manual and, and also putting together the template that we use for investment policy statements that we customize for each client is to provide them with documentation and information that's distilled in a manner that they can understand. And you know, as we've mentioned throughout this podcast, and the topic of this podcast was creating clarity, confidence, and purpose. And it's really a virtuous cycle. You know, if you create clarity, you're going to create confidence. You're going to help define that purpose. And our due diligence process, because we're dealing with alternate investments that are quite complicated at times, the goal of our due diligence is to make it easier to understand what's going on under the hood so that if we don't have discretion over those assets, if they're ultimately, if the client is the one ultimately responsible for making that investment decision to, to buy that asset, we're giving them the information that makes them an educated investor. Might be easier said than done, but I think we've built the, the foundation with which you know, our clients are definitely confident in making investment decisions. Uh, it may be easy said, more easily said than done. But I think it's certainly well done. Uh, the process that, that you've helped create here is, is a well thought out process that does. I, I've seen it firsthand with families come back and say, I feel so much more confident making these investments, really understanding where the family is and where we're going. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Adam, thanks for, uh, thanks for hopping on the podcast today. And hopefully this brings some clarity to the people who are wondering about our process. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Uncorrelated Minds podcast. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. For more information on the topics covered in this podcast, 
please visit the show notes page for links to further information at www.cenaceracapital.com. Cenacera Capital LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Cenacera and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. The information provided is for educational and informational purposes only and does not constitute investment advice and it should not be relied on as such. It should not be considered a solicitation to buy or an offer to sell a security. It does not take into account any investor's particular investment objectives, strategies, tax status, or investment horizon. You should consult your attorney or tax advisor.